people up in the mountains, eastern part of the state. That was a problem. It still is a problem for them. No bridge. Can't walk. Can't drive over, so they may have to drive a lot to the mountain. Some of them walk to get to the other side. When we think about no bridges, let's turn to the book of Isaiah, 43, verse 2. Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah is a good book to read if you want to pick out ones for your daily reading. Uh, Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, I want to look at one verse here. Verse 2, Isaiah 43, 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thy shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Try as you might, you will not find the word bridge in the Bible. From cover to cover, you can look, but it's not there. Just like that, we can conclude there are no bridges in the Christian's life either. Now, you said, what are you getting at? We want to, bridges are mainly for a shortcut. You know, you just think, even traveling from here to Smoky Mountains, if there was no bridges, and you would have to take shortcuts around some of the rivers and the, and so forth, it would be difficult. But uh, the scriptures are looking at a specifically the passive through they just river or fire. We walk through them. When we get in trouble, we try to figure out a way around it. I'm not going to face this. Since I can't face it. Uh, death, is certainly one of those. People lose somebody they love, or in the things that we have brought on by ourselves by taking shortcuts. This is brought out in history of Israel, which parallels the Christian life in Exodus, the 13th chapter. Exodus, the 13th chapter. When we look at, at this, we see here this 13 and verse 18. Notice what God tells us. Here we see they when, the, when they went to the wilderness. So we look at the 13th chapter and the 18th verse. That, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Had to go the way. Go exactly the way. Do it any other way except what God said. You're already in Exodus. Turn over to the 14th chapter and the 16th verse. God said, But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry 
drown through the mists of the sea. God will make a way. The sea departed. God can take whatever we've gone through and make a way out of them. But we can't take a bridge. We can't take a shortcut. There are no shortcuts in being obedient to God and his word, to being a servant. The, you know, we do something that we couldn't have done. Maybe we you know, wasn't planning on it, fell into whatever our excuse is, and we're trying to go and talk to somebody that will try to help us to get through this. You know, every, everybody I've ever talked to, if the husband been unfaithful to the wife or the wife been unfaithful to the husband, you know, you know, get me, let, let me know what to say where they'll know how sorry I am. You know, and I'm very simple on those things. I'm not God. I'm just a preacher. I'm just a messenger. And the only, only story I've got, the only facts I've got to you, what saith the Lord? Lord. Now, people do a lot of different things, try to cover up for our sin, our mistakes, or our lack of faithfulness, whatever it can be. But as a pastor, I've looked out into the auditorium for the last 50-some years, and I see people that they're flourishing, so they think, but they put God on the back seat. God is not the priority. And God doesn't always deal on today. You may sin today, but God may not deal with that sin today. But he'll deal with it. He'll deal with it in his time, his way, you know, and it, you know, I've heard the uh, parents, you know, and, uh, you know, wait till I get home. You didn't know Corey. There wasn't no wait until we got home. She didn't care who was there. Whatever it was, you did it, she got you. But see, we want to put it off and we think that church will forget about it, my husband will forget about it, my wife will forget about it. I even think God understands. Sure he does. He understands that we put our circumstances above his facts. And it will never, never, never work. What did he say in Psalms 23? You know, we all know the 23rd Psalm, but, you know, as we look at verse 4, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shed of death, I will fear no evil. Fear leaves us when we're holding on to the hand of God, when we're walking with God, when we are looking in the word, what shall I do? The first thing we got to understand, God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. I don't know, I don't even know today why all the things that have happened to me in my life, and I'm sure you don't know. But God knows. God knows. But remember, there's no bridges. You're not just going to get up and say, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to just walk through it. 
That's why the divorce rate is so high. Marriages fell apart and they are worn out. They don't want to deal with it. That's what happens to so many things in our life. What do we do? Leave. I could sit here for the next 20 minutes and name you 15 to 16 families who walked out of this church knowing why they really walked out. But you better make sure that you didn't jump on a bridge that you have to deal with this. And I mean, let's face it, the reason that, that a lot of Situations happen if we deal with it. One of it. I just thank God that I was married to this one as long. Don't it's wrong because I would. I didn't have parents. I'm with us and saying I'm dead married because surviving. They learned that in school, not in the classroom. You know, most of the things in school now is not in the classroom. And that's why they're out there trying to bridge. How I can make it right, never make anything right when it's principle. Just do it. Maybe it in the shadow of death. Shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Most of us can remember, and you don't have to remember that day. You know, a lot of people don't. Now, there are preachers, there are individuals. If you don't know saved, you're probably not saved. I don't believe that person. I'm not worried about that day that I was saved at the Six Mile Bridge. My main concern am I spiritual baptism now? Right now. That your bridge is Jesus Christ. That He is the way that gets from this sin curve into the glorious place prepared. See, there are many shadows in a valley, but David said, I'll fear no evil. Yesterday, four kids and her husband. I tried to muster advice, biblical advice. I said, you know, the man is missing in your life. She said, but when you got three, four kids and no money and your husband walks out, I can't say I understand because it hadn't happened to me. But I can feel for you because you feel like there's no end. Being a pastor that does keeps doing his job on the outside, I went through the process of trying to get her in touch with the right people so she could get some some help. But her main need is Jesus Christ. That's her main need. You know. There are other psalms that bear this throughout. 
you know, in Psalm 66 and verse 6, you know, he turned the sea into dry land and they went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice, you know, I mean, the power of God is just, I don't think any of us can uh, really understand that there's not anything that God cannot do. There's not a problem in my life as long as I'm in the will of the Lord that I can't go to him, talk to him. So he said here in Psalms 66 and verse 6, he turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. See, God provided a way out of no way. There's a sea. I can't cross in the water. No problem. God says, spread it. They walk across the sea in dry land. Said as a miracle. Do you realize that how many miracles that God has gave to us that we really don't know about? We just say, I, I was lucky, or I took care of myself, or I did this, or I did that. Brothers and sisters, that's those bridges that will crumble underneath of you. God said in Psalm 66 and verse 12, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water in a wealthy place, a healthy place, a wealthy place. God has brought us out. Go over to Psalms 106. Psalms 106 knows what God did. We see here in Psalms 106 and verse 9. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up, so he led them through the deaths as through the wilderness. Can you imagine? Just visualize that for a moment. Approaching, you're approaching the Red Sea. And God just spread it out. They didn't walk through on damp up to their ankles. The Word of God says what? He rebuked the Red Sea also and it dried up. It dried up. See, now I'm... I'm one of these people, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not proud of it. I, I, I just don't believe in climate control. <laughs> I believe the only climate control is in the hands of the Almighty God. Amen. A God that can take the Red Sea and part it and make it dry. Not moist, dry. There's no bridges to go around that Red Sea for those people. So what did God did? He made a way. Above and beyond what they could think. In each instant, 
they went through. Never expect the easy way in the Christian life. See, we get thinking sometimes, man, you know, oh, I'm so glad God saved me and saved my wife and the kids are in church. Things are going to get so much better. And they are for a while, you know. I, I can remember the very first new car that I bought. And I told this years ago. I would, I would park a half a mile away because nobody could get to it, you know. Well, that old stuff got old, you know. <laughs> and that, it was the closest parking place to the door. Because all that joy and stuff left out. But I've never been sorry God saved me. Not one time. Never been sorry that God took this no good sinner, brought him up out of the pitfalls of hell, and saved him. But in each instant that we'd read, and we'd read many, many more, God, God does not go around. We go up when we're dealing with, you know, in God's word, he tells us. And we need to listen. We need to follow the Lord. We need to be, make sure that we're following him, that he's leading us. You know, we want to think about our experiences, how God's been good to us, and we need to talk, you know. We need to help the weaker Christian. We need to help the younger Christians. But in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 6, you know, you know, God says here, you know, in each instance they went through, never expect the easy way in the Christian life. But here in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 6 said, Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and shadows of death, through a land that no man passeth through, and where no man dwelleth? God doesn't always give us an easy path. I don't care how faithful we've been, how much we have praised him and loved him. I mean, just in the last couple, three years, I've noticed, you know, and I, I made a statement the other day. I'm, I'm one of the older preachers now in the Independent Missionary Baptist. You know, those that, you know, God has used and God has taken home. God has an appointed time. When my time comes, he'll make a way. He'll make a way. Here we see the wilderness they went through was full of pitfalls and had no waters, a place where no man in his right mind would travel through. I mean, just stop and think. In 
Linda had some grandkids. Three of all of them young. Can you imagine them being in that home where that lady is at tonight? Nobody. No family, no husband. But you don't know who I'm talking about, and that's good. But, you know, she came out of a Christian home. She wouldn't listen to mom. She wouldn't listen to dad. She wouldn't listen to nobody because she found her knight in shining arms. sat there with tears in her eyes. She said, if I had only. Yeah. You ever said that? If I had only listened. If I would only prepared. If I only. See, but God's not a respecter of persons. And as a Christian, we sometimes, you know, or at least I do, I think, you know, God really seems to me at times he's easier on that bad dude than he is as Christians. Well, the bad dude doesn't have God on his side. And when you have God on your side, when God, the Holy Spirit lives in you, there's nothing that can destroy you until God says it's time. And God has made a way out of no way. Time after time after time. We have seen examples in the Old Testament, but what does the New Testament tell us? Well, in Acts 14.22, Acts the 14th chapter and the 22nd verse, notice what God says. Acts 14. Notice with me here. 14th chapter, book of Acts, and about verse 22, if my memory is right. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he arose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Deborah. Now, confirming, confirming the soul. Notice it in 20, verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. You know what God's telling us? I mean, I can tell you, I believe this. Y'all may not, and, and I hope I'm wrong. But if I live very long, it's going to be hard to stand up for God. He said, not me, not me. I'll always stand up for him. No, he hasn't. You know. We have it easy compared to the Old Testament saints. We have it easy compared to those who made up the first church. Same again, 
The Christian life goes through tribulations and never goes around them. And I've sat in the homes of many people in the last 50 years and asked, you know, why? Why would God put this on me at this time in my life? I don't have an answer. The only thing I can tell them is God does all things right. But one thing we forget, we got to make a lot of deposits before we can make a lot of withdrawals. What is the key? What I believe the key, you know, and I think after being married as long as I have that I, at least, you know, my voice would carry a little weight, you know. But, you know, the husband is going to not do everything right. The wife's not going to do everything right. Now, I know how it is, Charlie, when you first get married. Everything is wonderful. But it won't always be wonderful. I'm not talking about it being real, real bad. But it won't be wonderful. So you'd rather make some deposits. Have you ever had somebody tell you, I overdrew at the bank. How did that happen? You didn't make enough deposits. It's the same thing in life. You've got to deposit some love and caring. You've got to let that spouse know. You've got to let your children know. Your children got to let you know that they love you. They care for you. It's called deposit and withdrawing. It's the way it is. I've not stated all this to bring fear or dread or trial or tribulation. I've stated this to help us see what is before us. You know, if you if you've studied, you know, Revelations, you study the second coming of the Lord and you study, you know, uh, you know preachers even in our clique uh, is arguing whether it's mid or crib. And, and, uh, I don't argue that point. God said he's not appointed wrath for his children. I'm one of his children and I'm not going through the tribulation period. No minute confidence in what we believe. And I'm confident that if I make a positive in the kingdom of God that he's going to take time here when my time he's going to come and get me right on time. On going over all path through it. You know, Cancer Center there in Newman, George at night and all the other hospitals. They're going through those cancers. They're going through the, those times. But you decide that you're by yourself. Great. Listen. You know. Uh, 
in our main verse from Isaiah, we see, you know, that uh, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. With Israel in Exodus, it was, but God led his people about. When we look in Psalms 23, David would say, even in the midst of the valley, shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. And you say, I don't feel God. Who's moved? See, there's difference between praying because it's time to pray. It's difference between showing up for church because it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 7.30 or 6.30 than preparing yourself to worship. I mean, it's, it's such a difference. I mean, marriages that last, the wife thinks about the husband and the husband thinks about the wife. That's why the marriage lasts. When you realize that you are a servant, that God is the Savior, and there are no bridges, or there, in other words, I try to name this shortcuts. There is no shortcut in pleasing God. There is none. Each and every passage in the Old Testament is shown God's leading them, which means he was with them. In the New Testament, we have some promises from our Lord. Matthew 28, verse 20, and I am with you always, even until the end of the world. That means in the good time, the bad time. We got to begin to take these scriptures and build and harmony and, and pleasure. Lo, I am with you always. He doesn't leave me. I leave him. You know, and then I, but you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know what you're going through. God does. I don't have to know every detail of your life to ask God to bless you and strengthen you and to lift you up. Nothing wrong with you want to share. I can tell you one thing. By the grace of God, if you talk to me and you say it's between me and you, it's between me and you. One thing that was so marvelous about my wife, when I was called to talk to somebody, not once did that lady ever say, what was the problem? Not once. you got a job that will answer your prayer and never tell anybody else. But you'll know it. Oh, I'm with you always. And then the Hebrews, you know, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. Because of this, we have verse 6, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. 
See, when we take Hebrews 13 and we read uh, verse 5 and, you know, and we could take a lot of uh, verses like that and see how God blesses us. But let's just do this once. Hebrews chapter 5 and... Uh, No, not 5 Hebrews, 13, 5. I'll get it right here in a minute. Hebrews 13, 5, God says, Let your conversations be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Who do you want when you're depressed? Something of the world, or you want to know that God is with you? when those that you love is sick. Who do you want with you? Well, God said, let your conversation, that word conversation here means your way of life. But people say, well, it says conversation. I know what it says. And I know what the Greek word means. But let's leave it as conversation. Our conversation usually tells everybody else where we are. Then verse 6, it said, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my keeper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me because man can't do it unless God allows it. It don't mean I like it. It don't mean I'm going to tolerate it for no long period of time. But nothing can come into my life unless God permitted it. Now, our job is to take it and make the best of it because God's ideal is to bless us. And as we close, really, we need to understand that the Lord is, is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm not saying sit there and just let somebody beat you and talk about you know, but what I found out in, in all the years I've been in, in the ministry, if people are trying to hurt you and you don't let them know that it bothers you, the fun, they don't have any fun in doing it. You know, a little, a little kid, a little skinny, scrawny kid, you know him, I was him. Group. Talk about me. Pick on me. But then I am now. God will take care of me if I was over to Him instead of trying to solve them myself. Quit, quit looking.